Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Your next host is Curtis Sliwa. A couple things here, Curtis. First of all, I find it very interesting you've started growing out the beard as I did the same thing. And I feel like maybe you're uh, biting my style a little bit here. You took some inspiration from the flip man with growing out the beard. Very no, interesting. No, actually, uh, my wife joins me again today. It'll be uh, featured every Tuesday, every Thursday from now on. It's because of Nancy, right, that I keep this beard. You like the beard. Yeah, I keep encouraging you to, to maintain it. So there you go. I guess uh, it's just good taste, rather, when it comes to the beard. With my wife, I had to keep it. But now that you've mentioned it, it's coming <laughs> off right after this show. I'll and be <laughs> damned if I'm going to follow in your footsteps, James Slippin. And other, also this, uh, Curtis, lots of subway chaos around the city right now, this whole Upper West Side thing. But there was also a story about a duo who took a subway train on a joyride in Queens. And you're a veteran strap hanger in more ways than one. Have you ever seen something like this, people taking a subway train out like uh, that? Well, with Nancy, we're going to be discussing all the transit chaos later in this hour, uh, the Rip and Read. But, yes, I know of a young man who is dedicated to stealing subway trains and driving them like Choo Choo Charlie the Engineer. You ever remember Choo Choo Charlie the Engineer? Can't say good I do. Good plenty, plenty good. Good and plenty, plenty good. Oh, okay. Choo Choo Charlie the Engineer. You don't I, remember that? I know good and plenty, the licorice candy, okay. but I don't know. Well, look it up on YouTube. Okay. So this guy, Darius McCallum, arrested 32 times for impersonating a motorman in the subway system. And Ed Koch went ballistic on this guy. So what he would do is he was a train buff. He would hang out with the motorman at the last stop. They have a little shack, you know, sometimes they get a coffee break. And he was like a train buff. There are a lot of train buffs. They're always wearing hoodies. They look like Diego. Diego. They're at the end of the platform, and they're writing down the numbers on the cars, and then they compare it with their other train buffs, and they get excited. They get titillated. No, he went further. He got the actual paraphernalia. He bought a MTA uniform of a motorman. He took the key from the shack while they were talking. And the guy said, you know enough about taking the train. Why don't you take my shift, the A train of Mont Avenue, Far Rockaway, the longest line to Washington Heights, right? He drove the train all the way to the last stop in Washington Heights Inwood. And then they realized, who are you? And he showed him a union card because he had been going to union meetings as a member of TWU Local 100. I said right there, this guy definitely wants a career as a motorman, as Choo Choo Charlie. No, what did Koch do? He's insane. Lock him up, throw away the key. Now, listen to this schmuck here who's the head of the MTA now talking about what he's going to do when he catches these two train buffs. Uh, it wasn't like that. It was like locking your car. And having a low jack on it, but someone stealing a low jack key and having a uh, coat hanger to open the car and then hot wiring the damn thing. That's exactly what happened. So these kids knew what they were doing or these people knew what they were doing. This idiot, they make the head of the money taking agency. I'll do it free of charge. I'm sorry, Nancy. I know I have a lot of work to do already. I'll run the MTA system because you can buy these keys online. 
This idiot doesn't even know. You can go online, and if you're a train buff, you can actually buy a motorman's key and drive a subway car in New York City. And I want to tell you, in honor of Darius McCallum, for 30 years they locked him up in Rochester in a psychiatric uh, facility for the criminally insane. He got out. They diagnosed him with Asperger's syndrome, which meant you've seen movies with people with Asperger's syndrome or autism. Remember, like, uh, who was that? Tom Cruise, remember, with uh, Rain Man? Dustin and Hoffman, remember? Yeah. They know everything. Mm-hmm. So instead of making these kids motivants, you know, something where they can be productive, I'm going to lock them up. This idiot doesn't realize you don't even go to jail when you murder somebody in New York City. What are they going to hit you with? What charge? I took a joyride on a subway car because I wanted to be a motorman. That goes back to the days when we would hotwire cars in Canarsie, right, and take them for a joyride. Nothing would happen to you. Relax. The city is safe and secure when it comes to your motorman driving the MTA trains. But later on in this hour in the Rip and Read, Nancy will describe how it's crazy, the transit system, Long Island Railroad and the IRT, IND, and BMT. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. This is the Rip and Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. This is the Rip and Read.
is a word we use every day. Most of the time we use it in the wrong way. Now you can look the word up again and again, but the dictionary doesn't know the meaning of friends. And if you ask me, you know I couldn't be much help because a friend's somebody you judge for yourself. Some are okay and they treat you real cool, and some mistake your kindness for being the fool. We like to be with some because they're funny. Others come around when they need some Oh, money. and some friends, they were last night. You're hearing it here first on the Rip and Read exclusive to WABC, where I'm always breaking news. Yes, Mrs. Sliwa, who was hanging around last night to the break of dawn, side by side, huddling, comparing notes on how to best destroy this city that we love. Do tell, Curtis. You got uh, Comrade Bill de Blasio, the part-time mayor, the dope from Park Slope, without uh, his cheating wife, and I mean that in many different ways because he's been cheating on her, and Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, the mayor of the illegal aliens who Jumani Williams called out yesterday and said, you, you live in Jersey with your girlfriend in Fort Lee. So I guess they figured they'd huddle and swap notes on how to destroy the city, even worse than they've left it in 10 years. And by the way, Nancy will be joining me from now on on the Rip and Read Tuesday and Thursday, and let's not forget Sunday nights from uh, 9 to 10. And then we do the Animal Welfare Hour, which will be syndicated in February across the nation. So there's so many different subjects to discuss. But I figured this year, Nancy... We would take on the task of what everyone else has talked about but dropped a ball on. Whatever happened to uh, $2.5 billion that Bill de Blasio had invested in his wife, Charlene, to run a program called Thrive that was supposed to help the emotionally disturbed. Then all of a sudden, when they passed the baton from Eric Adams to Bill, from Bill de Blasio to Eric Adams... We didn't hear anything about Thrive any longer. Diego, enough with the music. Out it goes. Let's get down to the deep dive, what nobody else has done. Whatever became of that ripoff program, Thrive? Well, basically, it existed for six years, uh, went through $1.5 billion. And to this day, there's not a clear accounting of it. Uh, you know, there's been several attempts to to try and figure out where the money went, but clearly nothing that's mandating, uh, you know, any sort of a, any determination of where this actually disappeared to. Now, one element of what this really was supposed to be about, right? It's like, okay, we don't want to over-police, and what we don't want is people who have mental health crises to be, uh, you know, called on, like when people call the police, and then you're going to have a situation where maybe instead of getting the assistance that they need, there'll be an interaction, they might get hurt. So that's really a lot of where this concept came from. Let's, you know, be a little bit more... Uh, you know, focus on that. Well, diversion centers were one of the biggest elements of this initial program, which were um, built and uh, still some of them to this day are sitting empty. Millions of dollars have been spent on them. Diversion centers are where you would bring people with mental health No, this is the old thrive. This, this is, is the Bill old... de Blasio, Charlene McRae's ripoff. Yeah, this is the old drive. But then um, right before de Blasio left, what happened was they renamed and rebranded the program uh, the Office of Community Mental Health. They brought it into City Hall. Hold on a second. Uh, Diego, make sure that James Flippin is listening intently because he's going to have to follow up on this. 
So the switchover, just so you know, so you had eight years of Bill de Blasio on Charlene, mm-hmm. six of which they imposed upon us, the taxpayers, this Thrive program, one and a half billion that can't be explained. Before we talk about the transition, have you ever found anybody um, in all the volumes of materials that you went through who said as a result of Thrive, you know, they were in a, B, a deep panic or depression, and because of their counseling, uh, it it just made them better uh, so that they were able to survive for another day. Did anybody ever say that? Well, I haven't encountered anyone. And actually, I, clearly, they haven't encountered anyone because they don't disclose any public numbers, right? You think if they were successful, clearly they would be touting this is how many people they help. The fact that they're not uh, releasing any numbers, even though they've been pressed on it multiple times. I mean, like, to my point, all these facilities set up are supposed to be housing people, and years later, you know, there may be like 20, 30 people have been in and out. They don't have any records of where these people are going. So now you have this, they branded it so well, but unfortunately they did such a horrible job, they had to rename it. As you know, in the campaign uh, that they ran against Eric Adams, I questioned them, where did the money go, who has been helped? And they would always say to me, well, HIPAA, HIPAA prevents us from revealing who our patients, our clients were, and what the outcome of their treatment was. That's why we're going to have to really do a big heavy dive, because I understand now that Thrive still lives, but it's under a different name. Yeah, so now it's uh, the, the Office of Community Mental Health, the same exact name. It gets roughly $220 million per year, so the budget is relatively um, close to what it was previously when it was not being, uh, you know, utilized successfully. And one of their pilot programs is something called Be Heard. Now, again, this is the idea of pairing up people who are mental health professionals with social workers so that you don't have cops showing up to the scene. Now, here's the problem. They're having an incredible time trying to staff this thing because no one wants to join that team. And for the reason that they're safety concerned, without the cop there – they're going to be dealing with someone who could be having a, um, not only a weapon on them, a mental breakdown. So these people don't want to join this team, which is, which is being touted as the new wave of the city. Well, remember, all they do is they keep a list of the 50 most dangerous people in the subways emotionally disturbed. Remember, on that list was Jordan Neely. Yes. Who Daniel Penny, the hero Marine, ended up choking out to stop because he was a menace to the subway passengers, threatening them on that F train. And now, unfortunately, Daniel Penny will be facing a manslaughter charge probably later on this year from Alvin Bragg's office. So what you're saying to me is they have a program where they're supposed to have mental health experts paired with with who to go out into the subways to find these people? Yeah, correct. So mental health uh, professionals with social workers. But again, now this is repeating the same exact philosophy of Thrive New York City. They still haven't released any data on the program's performance and outcomes, and the earlier figures indicate it's falling short of its promised impact. They're just not telling you anything about it. But what's the new new repurposed name? Because I know it's not called Thrive anymore. What is the new name that the Adams administration has given it to basically keep it off the radar screen? Uh, Well, yeah, it's very uh, Office of Community Mental Health. You know, so they've sanitized the name of it. You probably wouldn't notice it, but... Their, uh, you know, their stellar program, you know, their uh, their centerpiece program is called Be Heard, right? So the idea is these are not police officers responding to what would be considered a mental health call. These are social workers along with, um, you know, like some sort of uh, medical professional. 
but no one wants to join this program. No one wants to, you know, apply for these jobs because they're concerned about their safety, rightfully so. And I've never seen any of them out there, to be I've honest with you. I've never seen anybody. Right. You would think anybody. they would be clearly identifiable, dressed with a garb or ID. I, I would bet you that this program, like Thrive, a continuation of Thrive, is a placebo, is a bogus uh, operation. They used to have their own headquarters. Now I see, according to your uh, research, they're housed in City Hall, so the Adams administration can lie about it because now they'll fully control it. Charlene McRae is no longer involved. Do they have a director? Do they have an executive director? I know it was an Asian woman. Yeah, I believe um, I, I, the last name is Wong. I believe the first name is Lee. But and now again, like you know, to the point of of the lack of priority of this program. Every time you know we see something that's happened on the subway. You'll see, like, you know, the typical players show up, Mayor Adams, um, you know, maybe some police commissioners, maybe people associated with the MTA. You don't see people associated with these programs, clearly, because they're not out there doing anything. So they're not seen as the first line of defense, and yet they're being financially pushed as this first line of defense in subway safety. So, City Hall, we know you listen because you complain to uh, my boss, John Katzmatidis. You give him cauliflower ear every day saying I should be fired, suspended. I should retract my statement. I should apologize. Uh, I should go on bending knee. You can kiss my collective tuchus, both my left cheek and my right cheek, because you're stealing money again. You're stealing money. And is that why Eric Adams was with Bill de Blasio last night partying? Were they having a sit down and saying Nancy Slee was getting a little bit close, a little bit too close? What's going on here, how they've repurposed the name of Thrive. What, what are they calling it now? What fake name have they created for uh, it? Office of Community Mental Health. Office of Community Mental Health with a woman of no consequence, uh, their director named Wong, who nobody has seen, and yet has, still has a budget, not of $300 million a year, but $250 million. And what the hell are they doing? Uh, James Flippin, uh, we have given you an extraordinary amount of information, the hard work of e-attorney Nancy Sliwa. Now you got to follow up with City Hall on what the hell they're doing with $250 million. Instead of it being called Thrive, what is it called again, Nancy? Office of Mental Health, uh, Community Mental Health. <laughs> yeah, and find out what is it they're doing with it because clearly that's why – Probably de Blasio and Eric Adams were huddling yesterday, two guys who, uh, as a tag team in wrestling, you'd call it a tag team, have universally gone out to try to destroy the city that we love. Do you think you could handle that, James Flippin? Oh, absolutely. I can handle it. I, just like I handled the other email correspondences for you earlier this week. Yeah, so yeah. I'm a little, I'd, I'd appreciate a little acknowledgement. No, no. I still haven't resolved how $33 billion of our pension fund out of, what, $268 billion that is invested by the controller, the socialist controller of New York City, Brad Lander. And that's with the assistance of $2 billion in Wall Street, um, you know, financial guidance. Well, I asked, I did ask my contact at the comptroller's office if this is, has anything to do with the divestiture from funds involving fossil fuels or if the ESG funds Environmental, social governance. Yeah, yeah, yeah you accepted that. Have anything crap, to do with it? Right? I'm asking if that is something. Let me to do tell with you it. something. Everybody made money on Wall Street this year, except for the city controller of New York with the New York City pension funds. That socialist. Pin them down, James. Don't give them no room to move. Well, let's not get distracted here. We've got City Hall, two hundred and fifty million dollars. The Thrive replacement, Office of Community Mental Health. 
And is that why de Blasio and Adams were huddling yesterday? Exactly. And we have the documentary evidence of them hugging one another, smiling, uh, Smiling like the cats that swallowed Tweety Bird. Hugging and smiling like you and Sid Rosenberg at 7.15 every Never happens at 7.05 in the morning, every Monday through Friday, 7.05. Go back to your work. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Talking about this is the Riffin' Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. Crazy train. Let me tell you, MTA Money Taking Agency, you're filled with lies, you pad your budget. Even the um, token cluth, uh, token clerk, uh, token booth clerks who are supposed to become stage, station agents. I notice I never see them going around anymore. They're still hiding out in their token clerk booths doing nothing. But the MTA has a lot of explaining to do because the wrecking team of Sliwa and Sliwa. And Nancy will be joining me on the Rip and Read every Tuesday and Thursday for these deep dives. Yesterday said, oh, we've had a problem on the one, two, and three lines up the west side because there was a train accident, a derailment, and that's all it was. But, Nancy, you have determined that it was far more than just the Upper West Side, IRT 1, 2, and 3 line. No, this is great. So apparently when one train fails, like the entire system fails. So, uh, like, to your point, this was an active train leaving 96th Street Station, and it hit a work train that for some reason wasn't moving. They weren't aware of it. So that stopped the 1, 2, 3 service initially. Now, let's see, following from that, we have uh, the B and the C. Now, these are separate instances. The B and the C wound up going um, express because someone was struck at 116th Street. Uh, The sixth train had severe delays because the train brakes were activated at 138th Street. Uh, The F and the E train, they had severe delays, too. The C and the E were running with delays because a train had to be taken out of service because it was being cleaned. This is all at the same exact time, and then they're rerouting you onto the F train, becomes a G train, then it turns into the E line. So that was just with <laughs> starting with the MTA. So that's just a complete disaster. The city subway complete system. Complete disaster. All of those other problems had nothing to do nothing to with do. the train crash uh, that impaired service on the 1, 2, and 3 in the Upper West Side. No, so there was volume that was now being pushed onto other train lines, but these were independent problems at, at other train lines. Someone was actually hit um, on hit in one of the tracks as well, so 
This is simultaneously going on last night where it was almost a standstill with the MTA. Now, so that was starting with the MTA, but uh, shortly after, probably around 5 or 6 o'clock, this is when uh, Long Island Railroad service just completely fell apart. Um, and so that- what does the Long Island Railroad <laughs> have to do with a train crash on the 1, 2, and 3 line on the Upper West Side? It doesn't, but apparently it was just a bad day for the public transportation because they st- so the Ronkonkoma branch line was out because a car was hit by a train in Wyandanch on the tracks. On the Danch. On it's a yeah that's a tough station. Um, and that's then, a tough neighborhood. And then multiple other trains were out of service as well. And these were just random delays, earlier incidences where the entire train system fell apart. So people trying to get home yesterday, maybe like an hour uh, sort of normal ride or two hours turned into three and four hours. So the money taking agency. And by the way, late tonight on the other side of midnight, the best side of the other side of midnight from 12 midnight to 6 when I take you to the break of dawn. I'm also going to extensively talk about the story we began to rip and read with with James Flippin was the two young men who stole that train at 71st Continental and uh, rode it for a few uh, stations. Uh, and, uh, basically, uh, a tribute to a folk hero, Darius McCallum, who used to do that all the time, take trains out and drive them all over the city and actually did it better than a lot of MTA Motorman, you're not going to want to miss this tonight. I want to take you on uh, on, a, on a, a trip throughout the subway system of New York through the eyes of a guy that they put in a psychiatric institution who actually was able to drive the trains in the subway system better than most motormen. I mean, this is, this is really funny, though, because <clears throat> we, we live in a city that's clearly trying to promote uh, people using mass transportation you know things like bicycles they you know they don't want people bringing their cars the congestion pricing well if the alternative is this completely horrific and there's no accountability that's the problem so when you have to waste hours upon hours i mean this also happened um new year's eve as well where people take a new jersey transit people were stranded for hours it's like oh well no big deal your day is going to be delayed for hours your plans are off you might not be getting to work on time people are waiting for you this has just become so acceptable, par for the course. How can you expect people to take mass transportation when there's no reliability? Well, have no fear, Mrs. Sliwa. The MTA has put millions of dollars into a new, a new technology to stop fare evasion. Because as it exists now, 20% of everybody who takes the subway goes under the turnstile, over the turnstile, or through the emergency gate. 40% who take the city buses don't bother paying. They basically flip the bird off to the bus driver and say, you can't touch this. And now if you go to Sufton Boulevard, that's a very famous stop because a lot of people are coming in from uh, JFK Airport on the train to the plane, get off there to switch to the E train or the J train to go the rest of the way in the city. And you begin to scratch your head and you go, most of the major cities, you can take their subway directly to an airport. You go Chicago, O'Hare Airport from downtown uh, State Street, right on out to O'Hare Airport, Midway Airport, which is their version of LaGuardia. Even in Cleveland, you're in Stouffer Square, Midtown Cleveland. You can take a subway train right out to the airport. Almost every major city is one ride, one ride only. But, oh, no, what do we do here in New York City? We make it so that you have to take the train out to Jamaica Station or Sufton Boulevard and then switch to the train to the plane. It's an absolute ripoff. 
And now they put in experimental turnstiles there in which they guarantee that nobody, nobody is going to be able to beat the system. Everybody will have to pay their fare. Now, Nancy, you brought to my attention video of the state-of-the-art technology and explain to our audience how many people were avoiding the fare by busting through this new technology. Yeah, so easily five or six people can push through these <clears throat> supposedly um, secure entryways. Now, they're you know, they're testing this out. And it's supposed to be, uh, to your point, like wider, so it can help people with strollers or with luggage. But it also, you know, has a, a, a free amount of time, so lots of people can smush through. But I guess it's better than it just closing on them because then that's going to be a lawsuit. I mean, I think one way they can save money, first of all, stop doing all of these, uh, you know, experiments and, and these pilot programs, which clearly aren't working. You're spending more money. You're wasting money on it in the first place. And not to mention the capital improvements they're doing. Like the fact that they're spending billions of dollars to create two more station stops and then they wonder why the rest of the, the system's falling apart. I mean, that should be – until you can get things correct, you can't be extending with these capital improvements. Yeah, well, they want waste. is to extend the Q train, which ends at 96th Street, two stops into East Harlem. Nobody needs it there. The cost is like billions and billions of dollars. You're absolutely right. But back to those brand new fancy uh, turnstiles. You would have thought they would have been testing it out, right? Yeah. They would have been testing it. A woman comes there and didn't even intend not to pay the fare. She puts her box on the other side of the turnstile and then reaches to find her metro card, and the gate opens up. All you have to do is reach over the turnstile, put some item on the other side, and it opens up. Shazam! Yeah, I mean, yeah, and, and again, it's so wide you can jump over the top of it. And this is, you know, being issued as a pilot program. Oh, look how much money we're we're going to be able to recapture. I mean, it's it's I mean, completely. It's like a little band aid. And no rest, no rest. You you avoid the fair. You're not going to get arrested. Well, maybe they can put Robbie the robot there to arrest people who who go through the. Turnstile. Oh, that's right, Robbie the robot. This is the contribution of Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan. Claimed, hey, I was a transit cop. When actually he was doing computer programming for the transit police department. And, and daydreaming about traveling. Exactly. Taking all the paperwork and transferring it to floppy disks in the 90s. He never patrolled. So his idea at cracking down on transit crime is to spend thousands of dollars on a robot that is housed at the Times Square station where the one, two, and three is. It's behind police barricades. It's always guarded by two uniformed cops. And when I asked them and we posted a video, all you have to do is go on my Instagram, my Facebook, my Twitter, my TikTok, and you can see me having a conversation where the cops were trying to get out of the video, but I was able to get enough of it, is why are you guarding a police officer robot, you know, like danger, Mr. Robinson, danger from lost in space? And they said, we basically, we have to nursemaid Robbie the Robot, because, A, they're afraid that somebody will vandalize Robbie the Robot. Number two, that they'll graffiti Robbie the Robot, and that if you put Robbie the Robot out on the platform of the 1, 2, and 3 train at Times Square, heavily, heavily used, that some crazy person, emotionally disturbed person, will push him into an oncoming train. Yeah, they go out of their way to say that the robot is not armed, but... I, I think that's a bad thing. I think in, in some ways it needs to be armed. Damn right. It's not safe for even a robot down no, there. No, no, no. It's not safe. You need two cops, two <laughs> cops to guard the robot. Now, speaking, you mentioned New Jersey Transit. New Jersey Transit has become the last leg of the way of El Bisto. 
You hear El Bisto there, Miss Sliwa? I do. From the southern border of Mexico to Guatemala, this is where all the illegal aliens jump on El Bisto. And they take that train to the border. There's three places they could go on the border. They can go to the rail link where Tijuana gets you right into the San Ysidro Canyon. Next stop is San Diego. Then the second rail link takes you to Nuevo Laredo, which is on the Mexican side of the Texas border. The Rio Grande is right there. Next stop, you're in America, Laredo. And the last link takes you to Juarez, which if you heard in the Bill O'Reilly update, New Orleans has a more violent crime problem, a larger murder rate than Juarez that is run by the narco, the narco uh, uh, terrorists who basically hang people from the bridges there on the bridge that links you to the United States to El Paso. And the train stops there. And then so next you cross the border. It's Catholic charities that ask you, hey, what city you want to go to? Nine out of ten of the illegal aliens say, of course, New York, Nueva, Nueva York. So Catholic charities with our tax dollars from the federal government running a scam, a racket, puts them on the, the, uh, the buses now. They're not even the Greyhound buses anymore. They're not even pounding the Greyhound. They're taking the party buses, you know, the huge charter buses. And instead of going to the Port Authority as they were regularly going, Ever since Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, mayor of the illegal aliens, said, I'll tell you what, I'm going to sue you bus companies. If you're going to drop off any illegal aliens into New York City, it must be Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 12 noon at the Port Authority. And you must give us 32 hours notice in advance. Basically, Governor Abbott says, F you. I'll drop them in every sanctuary city in northern New Jersey with the sanctuary governor, Murphy, and you saw the pictures, New Jersey transit cops at the Secaucus station, the Frank Lautenberg station, are acting as coyotes. And then they're able to take the Albisto again from Secaucus station. It's a five-minute ride, no stops, right to Penn Station. And who takes them the rest of the way to the Roosevelt Hotel? Yeah. The New Jersey transit cops to make sure that they're going to New York City and they're not stopping off in New yeah, Jersey. Yeah, Adams is a is a tough guy with Abbott. He wants the, a very detailed schedule, but apparently it's a free for all if they, if they come from Jersey. Like he doesn't care. <laughs> no notice necessary. You see, I don't know, Mrs. Lee, if you've ever been to the Frank Lautenberg Station in Secaucus, it's huge. It should be a mausoleum. They're like three layers, all different color, coordinated locations, and escalator here and escalator here. You can get lost in that. There have been homeless people who've lived there for years that they didn't even know were residing there, like Richard Kramer, who actually sued them because they said, you can't live here. And he goes, show me the law. I can't live here. And they passed a law that said you can only stand on a platform for two hours at the Frank Lautenberg Secaucus train station, or you could be fined or arrested. We call that the Richard Kramer law. But now they know that the moment the illegal aliens get off at Secaucus, there's a very good chance they're going to get lost in the maze. And they'll take a train to Rockland County to Pomona. Or they'll take a train that will take them way down to Jersey. God forbid they go to Oradell. Or they go to Ridgewood. Oh, oh my God, right along Route 4. What, what are these illegal aliens doing? Here? Well, wait a second, huh? Isn't that a sanctuary state, New Jersey? Um, I guess it, I guess they, they really don't want them... Well, no, like maybe well, like these are sanctuary cities, Secaucus and Hoboken and Jersey City, and Jersey's proud to be a sanctuary state, but they don't want to do their fair share. 
Governor Half in the Bag Murphy is ordering the New Jersey Transit Police, which is a state agency, to take them the rest of the way on the New Jersey Transit train to Penn Station and then walk them over to the Hotel Roosevelt. Make sure they get to their final destination. Who knew that the New Jersey State Troopers were the last coyotes in the line of taking illegal aliens right into New York City? Yeah, no, that's that's thoroughly unacceptable. I saw them arriving uh, at Penn Station on the videos the other happy, day. Happy, happy too. Oh happy. yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, just coming from below ground, and they don't even—I don't even think they know where they're going. Now they're just wandering aimlessly. Of course. And by the way, who the hell in their right mind? even if you were born and raised here, would want to spend 10 minutes in Secaucus, never mind months or years. I think all of Jersey has a smell. Especially as you go down the New Jersey Turnpike from the Newark Airport, right to Perth Amboy, South Amboy. Just hold your nostrils, hold your nostrils. But up next, the Porch Pirates. They're out there in the suburbs They're in Westchester, they're in Nassau, Suffolk, they're all throughout New Jersey. They're in the middle part of New Jersey, the southern part of New Jersey, and all throughout the streets of the city of New York, all five boroughs. And Nancy's going to explain how nothing's being done to the porch pirates, and they're stealing packages, Amazon packages, FedExpress, United States Postal Service, UPS packages, every day, and they have a license to steal. Check this out. It's the Rip and Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Wait a second. Wasn't this the theme song of K-Rock for a while? I think this was the theme song. Which group is this? You picked this song. Uh, James Addiction? What's the name of the song? Been Caught Stealing. Been Caught Stealing. Why did you choose this song? Because everybody who steals packages through the tri-state area off somebody's porch or lobby or in front of their place of business, they never get arrested. They never go to jail, even though you could show them film of them actually taking the packages from Amazon, FedExpress, United States Postal Service, UPS. What, why did you choose that song? Well, I mean, I think in some instances they are caught. And people are seeing them. They're just not prosecuted. Ah, <laughs> that's, that's it. That's right. And the cops don't want to make the arrest. They don't want to add to their local stats at the precinct because then it would show the crime is actually going up. And the prosecutors so oh, wait a second. You know, it's not like they committed a bank robbery. And I noticed that at first, the only people engaged in this activity were born here in American uh, thieves. People who could say, I truly am an American. I've learned the American way. If you're going to deliver packages and there's no security and there's no consequences for stealing the packages or somebody's poor porch or somebody's uh, foyer building lobby or business, what the hell? I'll do it every day. And they're doing it every day. And I guess the illegal aliens have been watching because now finally Eric Adams, um, mayor of the illegal aliens, has had to acknowledge that they are committing crime while they're here. Do I, do I believe that there are some migrants who are committing crimes in the city? Yes. Yes. Um, there are people who are committing crimes in all walks of life. Um, it's not just migrants and asylum seekers. Um, I think that we have a number 
of migrants who have committed crimes. Uh, we have a number of non-migrants who have committed crime. And so I do not want to walk away with anyone saying uh, that the GLA increase we saw in the city was just migrants. No, it's not. It was long-term New Yorkers who committed GLAs also. But are there some crimes that migrants have committed? Yes, they, they are. But remember what I said last week. You place a person in an environment where they can't work, can't provide for themselves. They have to just sit around all day. That's not a good scenario. That's not a good scenario. And that is what we need to focus on. What environment are we creating in these cities? What the hell is he talking about? We give them everything. We even fold their laundry and leave a little Hershey's kiss on it. Chocolate kiss, we fold it, we put it in their duffel bag, we give them three squares a day, iPhone, smartphone, health insurance, we're putting them up at the old Milford Plaza, $400 a night, and now he's, well, you know, they got nothing to do all day, so I guess they go out and then they become porch pirates. Yeah, and, and, if the, <clears throat> and if the criteria is you don't really have what you need, I think there's a lot of other people who fall into that category <laughs> as well. Well, then, excuse mechanism. Now, you yourself have seen that in our own apartment building, right? Yeah, I've, I've, mm, yeah, I've seen people, um, you know, who've uh, come into the building. I mean, again, you, you don't know who's coming in all the time because everyone just buzzes someone in when they, when they buzz the door. So you're assuming, oh, someone's dropping off food or you know, a package, but people have actually come into the building and they've ruffled around and then they walk out. They have a huge garbage bag and they've just taken packages from the building and then, you know, they just get onto the train. But that, so now that happens a lot, right? So people go to the stores and they're stealing from the stores. This is why we were discussing last week too. A lot of the retail stores are closing. So you have now a bigger business of things being delivered to houses. So this trend is going to continue because People have less of the stores to go into Tarab from because they're closing, but they have a you know a consistent source of people getting deliveries in their homes. And let's face it, it happens all throughout the day. I get a notification when something's delivered. It'll tell me it's there. But if I'm not there, I mean, these things are being stolen within 30 minutes. I mean, you can't get home in the, time. To the other them. day you were here, we had a very important meeting about uh, the fact that the animal welfare program will now be syndicated across the nation that we do Sunday nights from 10 to 11. You had to leave early because you were unsure if a package delivered like 30 minutes before would still be there. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I was waiting for, for certain things to arrive. And again, just because the other day I thought it was like Santa Claus, of course, who just came into our apartment building and took stuff. So I didn't want a repeat of that since I knew I was waiting for something. I'm like, looking, I'm looking at my phone like I got to go. Definitely. <laughs> and by the way, uh, in East Elmhurst. You know, you got a Grubhub guy, right? He turns out he was uh, one of these many what they call migrants, asylum seekers. And as he was delivering the food, he was getting an extra gratuity. Whatever packages he saw out there, he was putting it right in his bag, right there on camera. Yeah, Didn't and, matter. And, and in Massapequa, they have some uh, really uh, sort of technologically advanced porch pirates where they have Wi-Fi scramblers. So that, uh, you know, thing on your door where maybe there's a video camera and you can see, it blurs it during the time they're there because it's messing with your Wi-Fi. I mean, they're getting, you know, I mean, these things are available and it continue to get, you know, more savvy. And even when you bring the information to your local police department, they don't want to be bothered. Well, they tell you you should go ahead and report it, not because they can do anything about it, but because they want to know where the hot spots are. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not really interested in being part of your census. Right. Make the freaking arrests and prosecute them. 
By the way, got to let my friends know in the Rockaways, it looks like I'm going to have to get arrested in 81st, 82nd, 83rd time. The illegal aliens from Floyd Bennett Field have now been spotted going door to door across the Gil Hodges Bridge. They're begging for money. Apparently, they've been seen on video trying to open up cars. Oh, what do you think, the Venezuelans who were crooks there in Caracas before they left have suddenly given up their criminal ways? They're checking to see if the car doors are open in the Rockaways. They're already begging for money in Marine Park. They're going door to door. What a racket this is. And Eric Adams, mayor of the illegal aliens, you think he would say to them, hey, if you do this, we're going to kick you out of the tent, say, Floyd Benefield. They have total immunity. The cops are not permitted to arrest them. They've been told if they're illegal aliens, that's it. They have immunity, which means they have a license to steal. So guess what, Mr. Lee? We got the bail money ready. Looks like I may get arrested on 81st, 82nd, 83rd time, and it'll be worth it.